is making Dennis Reynolds a further murderer. Welcome to another episode of Fandom Media. We are here to discuss, indeed, another episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Maybe a little uh, a lower end episode for me. Uh, even a lower one end one is still one I like a lot. Maybe I could attribute it to less of the standard interaction. They're making an effort here to have this unique format, which is fun and neat to see them do, but maybe got less laughs from me than normal, but still a good episode. <laughs> Meta Elements. This episode was 21 minutes long, about on par with the other episodes. Of course, we always want more from them, but it's satisfactory at least. This one was written by Connor Galvin. He also did McPoyles versus Ponderosa, Trial of the Century, and has assisted with some other episodes. Yeah, that episode had a lot of similarities to this episode, just in that you're dealing with the McPoyle-Ponderosa saga. (laughs) (laughs) The ongoing. The director for this episode was Maurice Marable again, who directed Old Lady House, and this is their second episode they've done now. Guests in this episode include Detective Lance Gerard, played by Jack McGee, who was in The Fighter, Moneyball, Gangstar Squad, Pitched, NYPD Blue, and so many other things. But we didn't recognize him, despite that... I hadn't seen any of those different shows. Someone we are familiar with, however, is Jay Jackson, otherwise known as Purd Happley on Parks and Recreation. He's playing Rick Shield, the news anchor in this episode, and it's his first episode on Always Sunny, but I hope he comes back, and he's played a lot of news anchors. Yeah, that was awesome. I love Purd Happily, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All-time great character. I definitely pumped my fist. As soon as he came on the screen, I was like, it's Purd! (laughs) Fandomedia.reviews And of course... Reoccurring character, Bill Ponderosa, played by Lance Barber. He's also been in Gangster Squad and probably some other things, but I know him as Polly G from The Comeback, Lisa Kudrow's show. It had a couple seasons, and I think it's one of the most underrated shows. It was really hilarious and really genius. I think it's one of the greatest shows of all time. There you go. I haven't seen it. (laughs) (laughs) Narrative. This episode was focused more on Dennis Reynolds, of course, and it's a bit of a departure for them to focus on one character a lot, though certainly not without precedent. A couple other shows that did that were Being Frank. We got an episode, it was all from Frank's perspective, how Mac got fat in the season where he got fat and explains it. (laughs) Uh, Charlie Work was an episode focusing on Charlie running around getting the bar ready for an inspection. This episode had a lot of direct references to... Baking a Murderer and other shows like it that we didn't get because we're not super into that genre. So if you want to tell us about all the things that we missed, leave us a comment and let us know. Yeah, none of us have seen it at all. And that didn't mean the episode wasn't good. We all liked the episode a lot, but that I think it probably would have helped if we had gotten some of the references. <laughs> a lot of things in it I could assume were something specific from it but some of them i had no clue like for instance charlie going yeah a bunch of times apparently was directly from it apparently the guy brendan dassey does that in his phone calls so that's another Hmm. thing that just went right over our heads yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) one that didn't go over our heads repeatedly the obviously bad ones that mac was making his his quote-unquote horrible references borat austin powers and even terminator the one that one charlie didn't get which one is that (laughs) 
Those are those are awesome references. What do you mean horrible? I think they're the most, maybe the most quoted comedies just currently. He just went to pick the most, like, absolutely most quoted things of all time, basically. Yeah, the kind of things that Michael Scott would say. <laughs> yes. Hold on. Terminator is the most quoted comedy? Oh, yeah. <laughs> good point, good point. And then, of course, we had the Mystery Science Theater references, which was great. Oh, yeah, that's a great show. Good to get them a shout out. I was glad they made that reference. I, I feel like that's kind of an obscure thing, but I'm happy that it's either I, in pop culture enough for them to reference it or they're getting it into pop culture. Maybe people will check it out. I think you're underrating it. I think it is very popular, but I'm still happy to see it. Reddit user Get Me a Cold Pop points out that the Jinx is referenced heavily with Frank's subplot, including that odd off-putting burping which it kind of gave you the feeling that something was going on there's some sort of reference but i you know but that was all i could do was say that must be a reference to something i was wondering if frank in some past episode when he was caught in a lie or something had an indigestion or whatever i couldn't think of an example of that though this episode focused a lot on Dennis, and in particular on Dennis's mental illness. We've seen a lot throughout the show, this element of Dennis being sociopathic. In particular, he was diagnosed with borderline personality disorder, and that was in season 10, episode 3, Psycho Pete Returns. And in that episode, he actually gets meds for it. And so I wondered at the time if he took the meds or anything like that. But on the calendar in this episode... It says pick up meds. So mm-hmm. I like to think that maybe Dennis has, and maybe that's why he's been a little bit calmer. He hasn't flown off into too many rages as he did before. Interesting. To that. But I also think he's gone on and off. I don't know. I think it's interesting. I think they do a good job at uh, not just labeling him as just crazy. You know, I didn't think of it till literally just now. I wonder if there's some play on words. A murderer? All the crows he killed? A murder of crows? Is that like. <laughs> Well, and, and of course, the, one of the reasons this this episode works from the get-go is that any regular watcher of Sonny is obviously willing to entertain the idea that Dennis Reynolds killed somebody. Yeah. <laughs> it is not at all a stretch, so that's part of the reason it works it's, right away. You're like, you see the title, Megan Dennis Reynolds, like, yep, okay. It's I in just, his range. Yeah, you're it's like, all range, right. Yeah. <laughs> I still expect the end of the show to have them kill someone. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> they are. They actually have been partied to some deaths already. There, yes, that's true. That's, a couple times. That's true. <laughs> did, did someone get killed in the, uh, in the when fire. they went to the Jersey Shore? And the fire? Yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> of course, Maureen being a cat is not new. That we've seen. The surgeries. Yeah, I'm disappointed not to see the continuation of her transformation into a cat. We kept seeing this get crazier and crazier, and they had to do all this prosthetic makeup on her and Rickety Cricket, and her journey's ended. Uh, don't be so sure. <laughs> if she had certain parts of the surgery done by now, then she's had the nine live ectomy. (laughs) (laughs) That would be something if they brought her back. (laughs) And she proclaimed to have eight more lives yet. (laughs) (laughs) And along the lines of Dennis being a murderer being very believable, so is the things that Frank revealed in his sub-documentary here about throwing things into the soup that was also completely believable for frank my question is did frank throw any crows into the soup at any point (laughs) their feet maybe yeah then it would be crow (laughs) team helps them work harder 
Another recurring bit the show has that we saw again here is Dee just being ignored. A statement she makes or a concern she has. Clearly stated, clearly correct, and everyone just acts like it. What are you talking about? We never heard anyone say anything about that with her, the burns on her neck with the flea collar and everything. (laughs) An example of a kind of a subversion here was we think that it's just typical Charlie stupidity that he's just going, yeah, yeah, not listening, but actually he's on ketamine. (laughs) (laughs) Which isn't stupid at all. Now, I really, again, I got to bring up the Crows again. They've just really taken a beating this season. It's poor. It's a, it's, they, I don't know. Maybe they have something against crows or birds in general. I think crow is just a funny word, honestly, and a funny <laughs> bird. Well, there's also not much protection for crows under bird law. So <laughs> that's the one thing you can go that's after. That's because bird law isn't governed by reason. <laughs> Something they take a very hefty stab at is the way that a lot of these evidence shows present in particular by holding on to something that's way more important than all the other factors that they've been examining with a fine-tooth comb. That if they had just presented it in the first place, you wouldn't even need to look at the other evidence because it would be a slam dunk. Like in this case... There was security footage of Maureen jumping, or rather falling, off of the... Dennis was clearly not involved. But this is something that these shows do. They just try to twist it and make it seem like there's something there when there isn't. Which is another thing you've seen them do in this season already and in the show in general. Take stabs at different genres, different styles of TV shows, the problems with them. And the good parts about them. And they stab at themselves with their own problems or cliche-ish elements. But, uh... It's fun to see it. People have fun watching those shows, even if there is a certain element of it that's contrived. It's still entertaining. So you could see why it happens, even if certain elements of this show maybe are lowbrow. It's still entertaining, you know? Definitely. Audio elements. Something that was really, really over the top this episode was their use of music, which is another thing they were making fun of with these kind of drama evidence detective figuring things out shows, whatever you want to call the genre. Where they crime investigative (laughs) yeah investigative crime shows he smells something that stinks (laughs) so they were just constantly like emphasizing people's final statements as if they were really heavy or weighty when they were really ordinary and it was just i thought it was hilarious the way they just kind of it was constant much like we talked about the laugh tracks using them to kind of manipulate the audience's emotions or reactions to a show you can also do that with music and you can also overdo that with music just like you can overdo it with a laugh track and a lot of these shows do that try to add this level of intensity or drama to it that maybe isn't really there except for the format that the show is using to present it i especially like the (laughs) moments whenever someone makes the dramatic reveal the key piece of information or the the damning bit of evidence (laughs) music comes along or the cat meow yeah, there's the cat meows edited into the montage of imagery of the different <laughs> characters and events and evidence that they're presenting to us. I loved the element of them secretly recording people. That's happened multiple times in this season alone. I mean, it happened in Old Lady House. But it's really just a feature of the show in general as Dennis records his bedroom. <laughs> and so in this episode... First, Dennis's phone call is recorded by Frank, and then it's immediately revealed that Dennis has been recording him, but through video. That's like a meta audio element there. <laughs> <laughs> Visual elements. 
But clearly the main feature here was the documentary style, but not just the documentary style, but the way they spoofed the documentary style. The way they enhanced the silly parts of it to make them actually silly instead of the way they're meant to be, which is serious. Yeah. <laughs> but kind of just shows how silly they really are. It also shows both that there is a sort of a, a format for different styles of television or, or media in general, and that they've shown how they can recreate different genres of shows like they did in Old Lady House. And in this one with the crime drama, if you will, they get the grainy film quality for security cameras and, you know, police interviews and the, the cuts to reenactments and the use of like silhouettes of the characters with, you know, commentating narration, auto recordings over top of things that they can't actually have seen or known or recorded, but they present it to us visually through silhouettes of the characters. And of course, there's all of those close-up shots of their hands fidgeting there, or the shots where they look to the side camera dramatically for effect. That's so funny. <laughs> well, if Mac did it, I'm going to yeah, do Yeah, if Mac's going to do it, I'm going to do it. <laughs> yeah, that's another callback I guess we missed earlier, is com their competitiveness. Yeah, yeah. one-upsmanship. <laughs> or Dennis and Mac's clinginess. Yeah. <laughs> That's Need right. for attention. Well, are you mad at me? I mean, don't leave. <laughs> Final thoughts. Let's get into our favorite moments then. All right. What were your favorite moments, Sean? My favorite moments, there was one of them that happened a couple times. It's just the flummoxed look on Dennis's face when Mac is just not getting it. When Mac is, you know, making the quotes that are just bad. When he's trying to explain to him how his attempts at MST3King, the, the yeah. show, is just not funny. And Mac's like, it is funny. Very nice. And it's just not funny. It's funny that it's not funny. But, I, but I like, Dennis is just so frustrated. <laughs> I like one right there when Mac says, what is he, a wizard? And Dennis just turns to look at the camera. And it's like Dennis's <laughs> rendition of the gym block. I was going to say, it's a little reminiscent of The Office. Yeah. The other thing I liked was... Uh, when the police detective was so befuddled at the idea of this woman turning herself into a cat and the surgeries and all the stuff she's going through, what's next? A watermelon? It's <laughs> 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 a random thing for him to pick. <laughs> that was good. I think my favorite moment was just Dennis's entire crow monologue where he <laughs> says, you know, well, yes, there was another crow, but that's because I simply couldn't believe that a crow's neck could be that weak. And of course, when he says, and a fourth, if you must know. <laughs> if you must know. <laughs> like, don't tell him about the fourth crow. <laughs> that was another little bit that I appreciated too. I could just barely inaudibly hear the, the interviewer asking or responding to something they said in the background, which is another thing I've detected in these type of crime drama shows. What were your favorite moments, Aziz? I really liked Frank's subplot with especially describing throwing things into the soup. Just everything. <laughs> People, feet, hands. <laughs> You know, his... then he runs out to the car. Yeah, though thinking he's on. The, I love that's a that's a joke that's been done before, but they did it really well. Though, like the person not knowing they're still mic'd. That's even been done before with Frank's little beauties way back in I think season six. Was that the one of the the beauty pageant? And he's yeah. backstage talking and talking the whole yep. time, and everyone's hearing it out. <laughs> yep, that's the one. Oh, they also did that with Donald Trump. Oh no, that was. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Fandomedia reviews. Well, that's it. We're signing off. I'm Meowreen Ponderosa. I'm Frank Reynolds. And I'm Catelyn Olson. 